everyone. Welcome to the Light Gate. I hope your Monday is awesome and I hope you had an even better weekend. Tonight we have a really great guest, somebody that I know and I am excited for her to be here. Um, we are coming to you live from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana at uh, the United Public Radio Network at 107.7 FM and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are on Roku, Facebook. Uh, we are everywhere on the radio and uh, Ro yeah, Roku, YouTube as well. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we Preston, yeah, Preston, it's going to be a good night. Go for it. <laughs> Thanks, Dolly. Okay. Thank you all for joining us on episode 44 of The Light Gate. We have an awesome guest tonight who I will introduce in just a moment. First, I want to let you all know I am Preston Tennant, as I'm sure you all know by now. Uh, author and experiencer, and my lovely co-host is Dolly Safran, who's had experiences since age, well, gosh, before age one, really, uh, and fully woke up at age 14. As you all know, you can read the book Symmetry if you want to learn more, but we do have an awesome guest tonight who I will bring on shortly, but I do want to make a quick announcement, which I'm super excited about. My latest book has just been published, Not From Here, Volume 5. Super duper excited about that. Ignore the stripe. That's just a pre-publication thing. But yeah, Not From Here, Volume 5. It's going to be the last of the Not From Here series for at least a while. But super excited about it. So you guys might want to check that out. If you get a chance, I would be super grateful. It's already doing pretty well on Amazon. So very happy about that. All right, so who do we have here with us tonight? Quite a few of you guys. Oh, my gosh. Thank you all for joining us. Hello, Andy Two Dogs and Star Orchid and Brian Morgan. Always here. It's so awesome to see you. And who else do we got? Ah, Louise. Greetings from New Jersey, Earthlings. I think most of us are Earthlings, but I think some of us might not be. Who, all right. Who else do we got? Fun talks all the way from Poland. That is so awesome. Okay. Bless you. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> okay. Who else do we got here? Star Orchid. I already put that up. Who else? Uh, just a Gen X dirtbag. Oh, and namaste. And your endless, beautiful generosity. I have such goodwill and love for you, namaste. Thank you so much. And W. Decker, oh my gosh, you guys. I just can't express my gratitude deeply enough for all you do to help us run this show. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And who else do we got here? Chris Teen. <laughs> Hello. And Girl in the Desert. And oh my gosh, Louise. <sighs> you are so very kind and generous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have my endless gratitude, as do you too, Star Orchid 8. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. You just make me feel so all warm and fuzzy inside. So thank you, thank you. I really can't thank you enough, but I'm going to try. 
Hello, Susan. Hope you're doing well. It's so awesome to see you out there on the internet talking about your story. Susan, for those of you who don't know, is a previous guest on the Lightgate and has the biggest chapter in my book, Humanoids and High Strangeness. Another shameless plug, me as well. It's my show. Uh, with <laughs> yeah, so Susan's in that book. Hope you're doing great, Susan. Who else do we got here? Kayleen White, all the way from Southeast Australia. Oh, cool. wonderful. Our guest is from Australia, too. I'm eager to find out what time it is there. <laughs> I really don't know. I think it's morning. Okay, who else do we have here until the sun dies? And, ah, Blake Stanley, finally catching the live. Awesome. Very cool. We have Cindy Sip. Simpson, hello, and Insectoid, and Susan Lawrence. Wonderful to see you here, too. And Real uh -huh. Badger, you're always so awesome on my YouTube channel. Kim King, hello. Becky Duncan, oh, she loves our show, Dolly. Aw, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Becky. That's very cool. We got a good one tonight. Promise Ruth Kleiber, Lo, and Rebecca, and oh my gosh, you guys are popping in faster than I can keep up. Mashburn and Michael, hi Michael, hope you're doing well. And Truth Seeker, and let's see, Nautical Strings, and Guardian, and well, Dolly's here too. So. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't. Uh, and here's our guest tonight. She's here too in chat. I'm so glad that you can see chat because that always helps. Yes. Trent, what up? Oh, you know, this and that. <laughs> John P. Adventures. I may have already popped that up. I don't know. But... No. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, hello, John P. Adventures. Look at all those stars and hearts. Very cool. <laughs> CT Guitar Guy and. I really better get started. Allison Carr. Oh, rat yeah. food. Hello, y'all. <laughs> I love you, rat food. You're <laughs> Penny Romo. Oh, wow. So awesome to see you. Very cool. We'll buy the book later. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Let's just get started because I could say hi to you guys forever and I've already wasted like five minutes and mm -hmm. want to get to our guest tonight, because I am super excited to have her. I've been following her for a while. It's actually on her show, and so is Dolly. She does have her own YouTube channel. You can see the links in chat. But tonight, our guest is the lovely and amazing Karen Swain. She wears a lot of hats. She does a lot of really amazing light work. She's a huge bright light in this field. She's a spiritual teacher, a mentor, has had all kinds of experiences as well. She's a galactic guide, a radio podcast host, an author, an inspirational speaker. And it's Karen's mission to help enlighten others to recognize the power of their thoughts and beliefs to live in alignment with their emotional guidance systems. She's had a lifetime of really interesting experiences and I will just read a brief quote from her. Probably better if she tells it herself, but what the heck. As Karen writes, I've had access to exalted higher perspective all my life, which meant 
I was always connected to guidance from my spiritual team, something I didn't realize as a youngster, as I just called this my common sense. Sometimes I would listen, but most of the time I didn't. And I did what I thought I wanted, which ultimately led me into much mischief and emotional turmoil. Something I have explored well in this life. I've been able to read people's energy fields, know their thoughts, vibrational stance, and see their fears or dreams unfolding. I'm aware of your soul plan and communicate with your spirit guides. And she's done some amazing work in this field. She's the founder of Blissful Beings Reminders from Home Creator at Awakened by Death, Stories of Transformation. This is also actually a book. Here, I'll pop that up real quick so you guys can see it. The Awakening Soul Series, Awakened by Death, Stories of Transformation by Karen Swain and Cyrus Kirkpatrick. And what else do we have here? Do, 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 do. There's, there's a lot, you guys. Um, you'll have to read the whole description. But she's also the founder at Sydney Peace Day Festival. She has a growing YouTube channel, Awakening and Expanding Consciousness. She resides all the way down under in Sydney, Australia. And I could go on, but let's just bring her on. Are you ready, Karen? Here we go. All right. Hi, Karen. Oh Thank oh. you. Thank you so much, both of you. This is so much fun. I'm having fun already, and we haven't even started. <laughs> I know. My, yeah. When I was on your show, my cheek muscles actually got sore. Oh, I know. Me too. It so was <laughs> what I absolutely love about you is you're just so, so unbelievably positive, which absolutely. gosh, this world needs. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just watching all the comments coming in, but wow, this setup is so cool. I was just talking to Dolly and Preston before about this setup. Like, look at all you guys. How awesome. I mean, this is disclosure. You know, this is disclosure. How awesome. <laughs> that this syndicated radio podcasting show is going out to so many people and we're talking about ET and UFOs. I mean, that is just so awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. We love it. Yeah, well, we have Absolutely. a lot to talk about tonight, but yes, as I told do. you before the show, because I don't like to blindside our guests <laughs> and say, hey, um, yeah, I love, I, I love hearing about people because I imagine when I look at a person, I can't help but see them as little kids, <laughs> you know, when we're like four or five years old running around and just exploring the world. And it's just so fascinating to me how we all grow up into this and we find our pathway. In life. <laughs> and I'm so curious about how this all started for you. Were you having paranormal experiences? What did you think of the world? Have you seen UFOs? Have you seen ghosts? Have you had dreams which come true? I mean, how did this all start to roll out for you? Because look at where you are now. It's amazing. Well, as you said in the bio, I hit the, I hit the world right, you know, running. I was in this world asking a million questions that my parents couldn't answer. So I grew up in a very secular household, no religion. The only time we went to church is for a funeral, wedding, why else do we go to church? Marriage. Yeah. Funeral, wedding. That was Anyway, we didn't go to church. So I'm asking parent, my parents things like, I don't get how a baby can be born in sin and they need to be baptized. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, you know, babies come, you know, where, how can a baby have sin? And all these questions, that <laughs> they just didn't know how to answer. And, you know, mum would be going, I don't know, ask your father. And my father would be like, I don't know, ask your mother. And why do you ask so many questions? 
but then they got divorced and they like hated each other so I kind of came into a really oh. dysfunctional family three of us at this stage try to beat each other up constantly I remember mum used to cry and say why do I have such terrible children oh my gosh <laughs> other people's children aren't like you why do you all hate each other you know we were just mirroring them as right. kids do they hated each other and they were beating each other up and then we were beating each other up like that so she got really sick when I was an early teenager and um, questions changed in me, like why do you get people sick? How do you, how do you make, how do we get happy in this life? So navigating life on planet Earth as a teenager, you know, thinking about shoes and boys and records and music and all that stuff was going on. <laughs> but underneath all that were the questions, the questions, endless questions. Then she dies when I'm around 16 and I'm asking different oh, questions, like where did she go? Where do you go when you die? And if we go to that place... We come from that place. What is that? Can I still communicate with her? But I'm like 16. I'm on my own. I'm navigating this world alone. Dad's, you know, he's married another woman by this stage and he's got a baby and things. And um, I was asking the questions but not seeking them because I'm still sort of coping with life. But mum would come to me in dreams <laughs> and tell me she wasn't dead. Oh, and I the in the dream... Yeah, right. And, you know, in the dream, I don't know, I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm having an astral experience. So it's phys it's a physical experience for me because I'm I'm there in, in, in a world which is real, right? It's a real world. And right. I have no idea that it's different to my waking life. And I'm like, <laughs> she's always in a different house or a different state or she's always somewhere else. Like there were clues given to me about how she wasn't here on earth she, we were somewhere else because she was always in a place that was not familiar to me so i didn't see her in my home That's interesting and yeah. and i would say to her you're not dead what do you mean you're not dead what do you mean but you know here's the thing the memory of that astral experience it was not very clear because i wasn't really aligned with the wisdom that i was being shown at the time i was having the dream so I would wake up in the morning and I'd be like, oh, my God, it's not real. It, it was a nightmare. I used to think they were nightmares because mm. I was always so pissed off with her for, like, dying and leaving me. And then I'd be with her and I'm like, yeah, yeah. did you did you fake your death, you know, like Elvis? <laughs> did you move states? <laughs> like, did you just, like, run away from us when we were kids? But, yeah, and and so and that kept me on my path. But you know what? When you were reading the bio, I keep having this memory come back to me when you when we talk about because this is you know basically about ETs. When we were kids, mum was still alive. We were up at a friend's holiday house, a beach house, and there was just the two mothers and her kids and the three of us. And um, we had spotted a light in the sky that we couldn't identify as a plane, and so we were identifying it as a UFO. And everyone was scared. I remember all the kids started crying, oh, and it was moving towards the city because we were out of the city. And they're like, "Because we've been we've been conditioned to think that aliens, UFOs, are evil, and they're going to come and eat you." You know, like that's <laughs> what we. Do. <laughs> so we're like, "Oh no, they're going to go and eat people in the city." And and I just remember thinking, oh, this is so cool. Like, wow, this is so cool. And even though I'm under the whole conditioning of the alien phenomena being evil and, you know, dangerous, I was so excited about it. And so were my brothers. Like, we just love sci-fi, <laughs> Dolly's not sci-fi, <laughs> everything. And so my brothers are like me. You know, we've had many incarnations in different on different planets. I think everyone on Earth has, really. Because Earth is such a hard school. 
Well, how how many brothers do you have? I've got I've got two to my mother and one from a brother from another mother. Dad ended mm. up having three wives and seven children. So oh, wow. Seven children, yeah. But my <laughs> older brother, who's a total skeptic, he's skeptical about everything. He's like a total ET. I tell him, like, you know, you're an ET, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, right. But he's so into sci-fi. And as a kid, he used to take anything electronic apart to see how it worked—the television, the phone, the hair dryer. Like he was really technically minded as a little kid. My and, brother was um, the same way. Really? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's and my a person, prove it to me. <laughs> yes, prove it to me. Prove it to me. Exactly, exactly. He married a good Catholic girl, and I, and I, I said to <laughs> no. them, you know, if, if you have children, you're going to like their children are grown up now. But I said, if you have children, you're going to christen them or baptize them. And Paul, total skeptic, my brother says, no, no. And the Catholic is like, of course, we want them to be good people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying to, her, I'm messing with them. I'm saying to her, you mean to say? that if you're not baptised, you're not a good person. And then, you know, that started a whole debate. But anyway, I used to do that. I used to sort of rile people up. But, yeah, the, the scientific mind and, and couldn't come at religion in, at any way, in any way, shape or form, and, and, but married a very religious person. So I don't know. Where, where do I go from there? There's so much to my story, Preston, and I don't want to sort of take up too much time with the story. I do have one you know, question. When did, you realize, when did you realize you were psychic? When did it come together for you? Well, I tell you what, I didn't realize I was psychic until I started doing energy healing courses because, I, I, well, I've had a lot of people on the show and I, you have too, spoken to a lot of people who have psychic abilities. Like we all have psychic abilities from birth, right. all of us. We yes. either develop them or not, but we're all operating psychically. I think in my 20s I read in the Seth books, Seth said, humans are all operating telepathically. We couldn't drive on our roads if we were not. Exactly. So we're all so it's like all of us are psychic but when do we realize that so i had i had done um i'd got married had a baby opened and closed a home and furniture shop giftware shop uh done five years full-time of uh, naturopathy i was still asking questions and seeking answers <laughs> didn't find them in retail or naturopathy or marriage or babies but I started doing energy healing workshops and I did an energy healing workshop where we were tuning into people and, and doing remote viewing, like uh, medical intuition, looking inside their body and speaking to their spirit guides and going up and talking to God and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't think I could do any of this stuff because I thought it was for special people or different people, or, you know, gifted people. That's the conditioning, <laughs> right? That's the narrative. And so I was failing at it, thinking that it had to be something different to who I am and I couldn't do it. And then I had this gorgeous girl working with me because we were looking inside people's bodies and she just said something to me that made me relax. I'd already, already been a masseuse by this stage and I'd look inside people's bodies, but I thought that I was, I was well-versed in anatomy. I'd done five years, as I said, in a naturopathy course, so I'd done a lot of anatomy and physiology. I thought I was just remembering what the body looks like from books. But what mm -hmm. I was actually doing was looking inside people's bodies and people used to say, how do you know where my pain is you go exactly to where my pain is and I'm like well, I don't know it's you know none of this we're not educated none of this is that I'm so like hoping that institutions will educate us about our psychic ability and all this stuff in in major in schools and in universities because this is you know such a common story with many people that they have psychic abilities they don't know what it is or how to operate it 
And so when I realized that what I was being taught in this healing workshop was what I'd been doing all my life, that's when I woke up to it, Dolly. That's like, ah. You know, I was in my 30s at that stage. Like I'd navigated life to my mid to late 30s and didn't even know I was psychic. Thought wow. it was for other people. Isn't that amazing? And yeah, I, I recognize you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I totally agree that we all have these abilities because my dad who was an arch skeptic and lamented that I was involved in UFOs and psychic stuff. <laughs> I, I asked him one day, have you never had anything? He said, well, you know, I do see a dark aura around people before they pass away. I'm like, well, dad, <laughs> what? And he yeah. was, he was so psychic and he didn't believe it for a second. And just right. real quick, the best story I have of that, I may have said this on the show, but it's just so funny to me. We were on the freeway and he's, and he, I was in the passenger seat. He's in the front seat and he says, press, we got, we got behind this truck. He says, you never want to follow a truck because they spit up gravel and it can crack your windshield. And so he gets out from behind the truck and this car zooms up in front of us, takes off and spits a piece of gravel and breaks the windshield. Wow. And, I mean, how often have you broken your windshield with a piece of gravel on the road? Probably mm-hmm. never, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he said it instantly before it happened. And I looked yeah. at him and he's like, it's a coincidence. I'm like, Dad, I don't think so. Because this this happened to him. And he's still a skeptic. So I it's know. awesome that you woke up to it. Because some people just never do. Well, we deny it all the time. We deny that we're getting messages from our guides that we're We just deny We write it off as wishful thinking, as imagination, as coincidence. And I think that's all part of us unraveling the social conditioning. Like we're so under this, from the moment we hit this planet, we're just just conditioned to think in a certain way and we take on these thought forms and we take on these ideas and beliefs that this is who we are and this is what's available to humanity. But as you both know, we're (laughs) in a time of great shift where all that's unraveling. And, you know, I so honour what you're doing with your show because this is all part of the unraveling putting stories on you know out there to such a large audience yeah, yeah there's a at huge the, psychic yeah. awakening all the people huge. young kids are just getting more and more psychic and yeah huge spiritual knowledge that was truly only i mean it was suppressed and taught only in secret schools throughout the middle mm-hmm. ages is mm-hmm. now available all over the internet how to right. meditate and how to do astral projection and healing mm-hmm. and all the stuff that you know you couldn't you couldn't get access to yeah Absolutely. You know, I have a nephew who was born on 9-11. He was born the day the towers came down. And I remember saying, because both my brothers are quite sceptical. They're a little less now, but of who I am and what I do. And um, the sec- the younger brother was the one that had this baby. And I remember, like, it's an auspicious time to come into the planet. I knew that when you're coming into the planet on that day, you're coming in for a reason. And um I remember saying to my brother something really sort of mainstream. I said, well, we won't forget his birthday, you know, not like, wow. You're but I, and I, had, I said to them, I said to them, uh, he's amazing. He's really psychic, this kid. Like how old is he now? 21? It's been 21 years. Yes. Uh, he's amazing. But they didn't, they're not into whole, this whole psychic thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember my sister-in-law saying when the, he was a little toddler, they were away and they were walking down a street he'd never been to. And he said, Mummy, can we go to the cafe restaurant? And she said, that's a strange thing for a kid to say, the cafe restaurant. Like this is before he could read. And they turned the corner and there was a sign and it said, you know, cafe restaurant. And she's like, huh? 
huh? So, and she noticed these things that this kid knew stuff that he couldn't know. Like, he's like, when's the truck coming? When's the truck coming? Like the garbage truck. And she said, oh, the trucks don't come on this day or they don't come down this street. And then sure enough, here comes the garbage truck. Yay! Like, he just knew all this stuff. And, you know, now he's a 21-year-old and he's an artist. He was completely dyslexic. He did not do 3D school. He just mm -hmm. didn't do 3D school. But he is the most incredibly psychic person with parents who don't, nurture that part of him they nurture his creativity but not his psychic awareness and I turned up at one of his exhibitions once and he was with a friend and he goes ah this is my auntie Karen who thinks I'm an alien here to save the world <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like yep <laughs> so I wonder when he's going to get a clue of who he is because he just thinks he's stupid like he's a great artist, but I'm stupid because he couldn't do three. He couldn't read, learn to read or write. Like he just didn't do it. No, but we he, all have yeah. our life path, you know. Right. And you know it when you're on the right path because the doors open and the red carpet rolls up before you, and the synchronicities right. start happening. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is yeah. maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Which leads mm -hmm. me to my next question, Karen. So you started doing this uh, spiritual medical. Um, healing what what caused you to start that I mean how did this all begin is to well, when I did the healing courses path. I was already I'd already done five years full-time as naturopathy as I said I'd, and, and then I opened and closed a homewares and furniture shop because uh, I didn't see anything I thought was going to change the world still seeking asking questions looking 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 for answers and when I started doing the energy healing courses I was already massaging at that point to, to make a living I used to be a mobile masseuse and I, to put myself through naturopathy school, I worked in the film industry, catering and oh, doing all sorts of things like making clothes and doing makeup and doing sets, but mostly catering, mostly in the back of a catering truck and a hot, sweat, smelly catering truck. But anyway, so I knew a lot of people in the film industry. It was fun. It was fun, except for when it's 54 degrees inside the truck. That's all. But I knew a lot yeah um, pretty i don't hard. know what that is fahrenheit but anyway so i knew all the people in the film industry and they used to get like when hollywood movie stars would come out here to make movies i used to go and massage them in hotels and and what i noticed is i started to get a lot of information about people and i freaked a lot of people out there was one guy out here that was quite a well-known actor he was in you know the Desperate Wives, something that some show on television about wives. He was one of the husbands. And I, he, he, you know, he ordered a massage and I'm telling him all this stuff. And I remember looking at his face when I finished massaging him. He's just staring at me like, and I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe I should change my name, you know, not my name, but what I call myself. Like masseuse is just not cutting it anymore because there's so much more going on than a massage. And uh, I was massaging another Hollywood movie star, a very famous person who was born into a famous family. And that was the first channeling experience I had. She had a photograph of a guru in a frame on the chest of drawers in the bedroom where I was massage, massaging her in the hotel room. And I remember massaging her and looking at this photograph of this long-haired, dark Indian with beads around his neck thinking, what is all this Indian guru stuff about, right? That's the question I asked. <laughs> and my head started to expand. Like it felt physical. It felt like my head was expanding wow. physically. It was just wild. 
and I'm massaging this woman and this experience is happening to me and I felt like my ears were touching the walls and I'm trying to be as professional as possible and this experience is, and then I start channeling. I told her why she came to earth, why she chose the family she was in, why her sister died, you know, this, this, why, why, all those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? They were all answered. So I'm channeling all this stuff. She had a she had some back pain. She was running from healer to healer to healer. So I told her why the back pain. Basically, she was chasing the Hollywood dream and she was a light worker that was here to use her platform, not only as an actress, but coming from a famous family to like spread this message. That was the message that kind of the message that came. And she did that. She stopped tra- chasing the Hollywood dream and she was working on some dreadful Bebop grade movie in Sydney, which was well below her standard. <laughs> and uh, she went into and she worked for Gaia and many people and she now has a platform teaching spiritual principles. But at the time I was channeling, the little me who didn't know I could do that was in total argument with what was happening. I'm, I'm in my head going, shut up. You can't say this stuff. Stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> shut up and but my mouth wouldn't shut up so some force higher self higher part of me took over my mouth and my body to relay a message for her and when I left she had she had no clue I was channeling because it just looks like me talking to you right I'm I don't change personality I don't change my name I just talk <laughs> and wisdom comes out so she's figured I'm a bit psychic and uh, and she and she's totally on board with everything I said. Like she knew when you give psychic messages to people, they know in their heart that's the truth because they've been given it from their spiritual team or their higher self anyway. So it just confirms what people know outside right. of the social conditioning. So when and someone, because yeah, mm-hmm. this is something I've noticed with, uh, you know, when someone has an illness or a, a condition or a problem, it can also be related to not only their current life but their past life. And I'm wondering, right. does that ever come up? When oh, you're yeah, heaps. heaps. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing about having a, because all lives are working simultaneous, they're all dovetailing together. I mean, the Seth books explain that quite well. I have to say when I read them in my 20s, I didn't get it. But now I get it. Like now I understand. It's all dovetailing. It's all working simultaneously. It's like this one energy that's playing out in different scenarios and in different lives, and it's all dovetailing throughout time and space. And right. um, well, we're all connected, you know, mm-hmm. we touch one another infinitely all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can directly communicate with one another. We can, that's what you would call channeling is you're in communion, you're in communion with another person. And uh, it becomes an obsession uh, because you're, it bypasses your physical mind and your spiritual self lets it out. And uh, it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> you know and 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 that's what it is is i'm in total communion with something or someone and um i'm repeating what it's saying and my physical mind has no chance when that happens to me because i'll just repeat it and say because they want me to yeah i knew a contactee who had he woke up you know had a whole spiritual awakening due to his contact and he would just suddenly have to read people he had no choice he would walk, just boom. He's like telling them all about their lives. You know, your tire is loose. You better check. <laughs> Go home. You know, your wife really. Gosh, there was one guy. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go into to that great detail, but. 
<laughs> You're muted. How did you? you Sorry, I muted myself because I cough. But yeah, tell us that story. That gosh, there was one guy. Come on, tell us. Don't right. I, I may have told this before, but real briefly, he saw this lady on the street. Let me think for a second. Yeah, it was a lady on the street, and he told her, "You have to go home right now." Don't know why. You have to go home. She's like, "Well, I was going to go out and spend the night with my friends." He's like, "No, no, 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 no. You need to go home and be with your husband." And so she did, and had a wonderful evening with him. And he died in his sleep that night. Wow. Uh, he didn't know that until like a year or two later when that lady showed up next to him in line at a grocery store. She's like, it's you. You're that man. I have to thank you, you know, because you told me to go home. And But it just goes to show when you get a message that you have to relay to people, nothing's going to stop it. I, yeah. yeah. That's what with Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium. I loved her on TV. <laughs> She, she just immediately runs up to a person like, well, you know, I, I talk to spirits. I've got to tell you. <laughs> it's funny to me. Yeah, there's a guy that drives a taxi. Have you seen that guy? He drives a taxi. Yes. People get I know. Taxi. Have you yep. seen him? And I he's have. like, oh, I've got this message for you. And he freaks the people out in the back. Oh, I, I did see that. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, this whole psychic <laughs> phenomena, it's so exciting on planet Earth because we're so ignorant to it. Like in other planets, when I talk to other civilizations, it's their, their, their default setting. It's their mode of operandi. I mean, everyone knows that they're psychic and it's like it's no big deal. You know what I mean? It's like it's like natural. breathing. It's so natural to them. And so here on planet Earth, it's kind of exciting to for it not to be natural and for us to play with it and explore it and expand it and like see how it works and get excited about it and, and be amazed by it and yeah it kind of makes earth really it's interesting supernatural it's natural you know it's funny karen because as you're talking i'm thinking well gosh that happened to me that happened to me that because you know you, you your mom died at age 16 mine was 19 and, yeah. and i and she came to me in my dreams too and i read all the seth books in my 20s and i'm like trying to wrap my head around them <laughs> so you have a similar life path I know. there oh crazy God. isn't it yeah <laughs> i know crazy well we're here doing the same thing we just do it in a different ways we're yeah disclosing we're enlightening humanity and uh you know getting the message out there yeah exactly yeah. path is the path absolutely. the yeah. path is the path isn't it dolly yeah, yeah absolutely and you know like you've heard of the three waves of volunteers have you ever had um well, Susie Hansen was the, have you, you know her, don't you? She is sure. the New Zealand contactee. Yeah. So she was given the, um, I've talked about this on many shows, but I know Dolores made it famous, you know, good on you, Dolores. But Susie was actually given it by her grey family on a ship when she was a kid. They introduced her to the soul of what would become her son. And, and during that interaction, they gave her this massive download, which was the three waves of volunteers. The first being the healers and the psychics and the second being the communicators. So the communicators are people that come on shows and share their experiences. And, like, have you have, ever had Kevin Briggs on your show? You've got to get Kevin on. Have you had Kevin on? No. no. I think no. that's the second so, person who's recommended. Yeah. I might, have, I might have told you. Kevin's amazing. So he only came out of the closet, if, if you like, about five or six years ago. He had had um, contact with his galactic team, which are a council of different, like a tall grey, a short grey, a white, a, um, a, a manted. He calls one an Anunnaki. And I say, what does an Anunnaki look like? And he says, human, but kind of Egyptian. I'm like, oh, okay. So all these people, 
And then there's two Arcturians, are they Arcturians, which look, uh, which has been depicted through kind of pop culture as the uh, Palladians, you know, the beautiful blonde sort of humanoid looking creatures. But I think he says they're Arcturians, which are his, his main guides who um, have been with him all his life and he's had all these amazing experiences. And he was never going to oh. tell anybody. He's <laughs> like, he worked as a policeman in the UK and retired with his wife, moved to Florida and dabbled in real estate. And he was never going to tell anybody until his guides came to him and said, like he's in his late 50s or 60s at the time, uh, okay, time to talk, time to tell people what you know. And he's like, oh, no, I don't think so. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're going to write a book and you're going to expose everything and tell the world. And he's like, I don't think so. But, yeah, he did it, dutifully wrote the book all about consciousness and is now out there sharing his story. So he contacted me for the show when he was just getting out there. And I'm like, whoa, you are awesome. And, you know, I sort of put him on a whole lot of other podcast shows and I mentioned him because he's got a, such an amazing story. And is he's he still so, in Florida? Um, hmm? Is he still in Florida? He's still in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and his wife and the dogs. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's in Florida. And he's such a delightful person. He's so real and down to earth. Yeah. He's so real and down to earth. Initially when he shared his story, because he was so nervous, he would have this sort of rote He'd just say the same thing everywhere. You know, he wouldn't mix it up a bit, but now he sort of mixes it up a bit because he's more comfortable being nice. on camera and talking <laughs> to people. But he has had the ability. He's been up on the ships and and met all the guys and seen the council up there on the ships. And uh, I think he was nine years old when they um, he was in the bath and they showed up in the bathroom and and uh, talked to him and um, or talked about him actually. And then he was a little bit older and. He saw an energy orb and then he realised he had, which kind of activated him, he had the ability to leave his body at will and he used to fly around and go to his grandmother's place and hang out in her cupboard and look mm -hmm. down at grandma in the kitchen making dinner and just hang out as a, you know, an energy orb he calls himself. And, and then he's like been flying with one of his grey alien friends through the cosmos. He took him on astral adventures through space and he said, um, I want my own spaceship. And, and the guide said, we'll make it. He said, well, how do I make it? He said, with your consciousness, just create it with your consciousness. So he made a spaceship and he flies and he went to all these places. Yeah, he's got an amazing right. story. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> get him cool. on the show. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll definitely look into it. That, that would be awesome. So Yeah, and if you know his email address, thank you. We would appreciate it. <laughs> I, will, I will connect you guys. Yeah, love Kevin. But I'm so, um, so, you know, having the show and like you, Preston, like investigating people's stories is a way that we wake up to what's possible, uh, you know, what's possible for people. And that was another big one here. I thought when I started the show that I knew all this stuff because I'd already was, you know, teaching people and healing people and teaching people about deliberate creation, already in contact with my guides and not understood. But then I started the show about 15 years ago on radio and wow. it's, Totally addictive. I know just hearing people's stories is so addictive. I've got a bit more of a mission this year to talk about deliberate creation and how we're the creators of our reality because the guides have said to me, the galactic mob and the spiritual mob, I call my guides the mob, you know, how important it is to, for us to get a hold of our thinking. And, and you said, you're so happy. You know, why are you so happy? Like when you understand that your vibe creates your life, then you're going to be deliberate about raising your vibe and being happy and being at peace and because it's all a part of how we create our world. And, yeah, the yeah, Greys right. have showed me about how they um, 
telepathically communicate, which blew my mind at their mental agility. And they told us how sloppy humans are with their thinking, you know, and the way we focus and don't focus. And, and uh, yeah, so we've got a lot, we've got a long way to go and a lot to learn about who we are and our mental capacity and our consciousness. Yeah, well, that's exactly what they told a lady up in Maine who I quote frequently, but they told her intention is everything. Intention right. is real. Thoughts are real. Mm-hmm. And boy, you sure get a taste of that if you astral project because your thoughts will manifest right. all around you. And yeah, yes. you can create a spaceship and fly around in it if you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. it's not easy, but it's just pure thought. Thought right. is a laser cannon on the other side. And it is here too. It just doesn't manifest. We're, we're under the buffer can. of time. Yeah. Because yeah, we've got time to play with it. Mm-hmm. I've seen people mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> I knew a contact who's actually living in Australia now. She could manifest like nobody's business. She who's that? Gone. What's her name? She won't let me use her name. She won't oh, okay. Me. Fair enough. <laughs> That's like Dolly. When I had Preston on my show, Dolly, he was talking about you and it's like you okay. weren't out of the closet then. I'm so happy that you came out and now you're doing <laughs> Now look at you. Look at you. You're out here doing the show. Because he, he was talking about your experience and I'm quizzing Preston. Who's this person you're talking about? I want to meet her. <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> you know, what really amazed me about your story was when, and you've told it many times, when you were astral projecting and you went to Dolly's place and Dolly was on the phone and she could see you. Like she could see <laughs> yeah. you. And then you heard her say, can't talk now. I'm, I'm being robbed. And what she actually said was, I'm talking to Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you remember. Wow. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. so bad. He went right back home and uh, <laughs> called him the next day, you know, because I was like, this was just too weird for me. I He'd never done that yet, okay, around me. And uh, I, and we we're talking, and I didn't bring it oh, up yet because I'm waiting for him to bring it up because I know not everybody remembers, okay? And I finally couldn't stand it anymore. And I said, you know, you were here last night, right? And he's like, yeah. And he yeah. said, Dolly, what did you say? And I said, Preston, I couldn't talk to you. I was on the phone with Rob. I would get people calling me, asking me questions in the middle of the night, and this was one of them. And uh, he said, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's real, that's real. And then I decided to exclamation point him. I waited a few days, and then I showed up in his home, in his room, and while he was sleeping in the bed, and I just showed up, and uh, he freaked He <laughs> was like, oh. I could see you, and you could see her. I mean, that—that's amazing that you could see. You could see. Yeah, I saw her. She lit up the room with golden light. Show, as I said, I. Yeah, yeah. I have that ability. I'm. I've been psychic from the very beginning. I've knowingly been psychic. I mean, I figured it out really fast. And with that advantage, I've been able to up the game on my abilities throughout my lifetime and um et honed my abilities as well you know they taught me a lot and uh, so yeah i can i can manifest in front of you and i can show you light and all kinds of stuff you show me all kinds of stuff it's amazing yeah i can remote view you and what you see of me is a blue orb wow. i show up as a blue orb yeah they got that on film it freaked me out um i used to do c fives and uh, i couldn't go to all the meetings because it was in georgia at that time and i was still in florida And I said, you know, I'm just going to come. Well, the lead guy of the group was still ferreting out my truths, okay? And uh, he he had a camera ready. And I get this phone call from him, and he says, Dolly, where are you in the house? And I said, I'm in the living room. And he said, really, where? And it's right from the fireplace. I can see you bright as day. And he took my picture. And and then I moved across because it 
freaked me out. I saw this huge flash and I went across the room and he's they caught me moving across the room. And he said, what was I doing earlier at the CE5? And I said, you were laying down by the fire acting like a bull. And he said, oh my God, that's real. And I said, I know. And I said, but you guys can do it. I keep trying to teach people that I'm not the only one, you know, you do it all the time. You just don't know you're doing it, you know? And uh, so we used to yeah. practice at the yeah. CE5. Yeah. So whenever you see an orb, just think it might be some person floating around there. <laughs> well, I see orbs all the time. My house is like FCT a spying on you. I, well, friends, sometimes I, yeah. I kind of know that. Yep, yep, yeah. I, yep. And I see them through my physical eyes, like you guys. Um, yeah. I've never seen the room light up with gold like that. And and yeah, I don't have identity. But one of our members in our groups died recently, and we were channeling her in our inner sanctum group. And she said, "Cara and I was trying to get your attention, and as a spirit, she was trying to navigate that." you know, how to get humans' attentions. And yeah. um, Sandy, one of the psychics who was channeling her, said, um, you saw me and said, who is that? But you didn't get who it was. And I'm like, I did. And I rarely ask who they are because I see them all the time, just slights, 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 slights. They're yeah. at the party <laughs> in my place. So if I was asking who they are, I'd be asking all day, you know, like, who are you? Who are you? I just like, hi, guys, hi, hi, hi. I know you're listening. I know you're watching. Hello, g'day. All different colours, different colours. You're a butterfly medium. I don't remember what colour it was, but there was oh. something strange. Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Havey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Pardon? I'm having internet problems. Am I freezing yeah. on you? A little bit here and there. Oh, and there she goes. <laughs> She'll be back. <laughs> We've had a plethora of really bad, uh, you know, energy coming from the sun, and it's just messing with communications everywhere, and it's worldwide right now. So, oh, she completely She'll be back. All right. Oh, she's trying again. Hold on. Here we go. Sure. I got her. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I was just saying, just as I popped off i'm having internet problems am i freezing on you but yeah i'm back all yeah. right well now that you're back i would love to hear about your uh, et experiences and how that all started and you know what it's all been like for you oh my et experiences how i started i mean you had that sighting when you were a kid right have yeah. you had other sightings oh i can see them all the time i see them all the time my daughter's a real skeptic about this stuff and a few years ago she was house sitting a house in the country and looking after horses and dogs and everything and I went down and stayed with her and I said can we take a blanket and go outside and she looked at me and she goes why do you want to look for the ETs mum 
And I said, oh, it'd be nice to just sit under the stars. And she's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> so we sat under there and looked up. The two of us were looking up at the stars and there was the brightest flash in the sky, it, like came from a pinpoint and it sort of lit up the whole sky, like just for a second. It wasn't lightning. Mm-hmm. And she just went, what the hell was that? And I go, <laughs> told you <laughs> but you, you know what they still deny it no that was that was just that was I remember my next door neighbor who was a good Catholic girl said to me she didn't believe in it and we went for a walk down near the beach a few years ago and I said come on show them show us something show us something and we'll make her believe and so this massive ship came over but you didn't see it as a ship you just saw it as one light on one side and one light on the other that sort of moved it felt like a cigar sack was moving across the sky very slowly. Oh. And I, I pointed and I said, see, look, there's a big ship over us. We're at Coogee Beach. And she's like, where? I don't see anything. And I said, see that light there? Yep. You see that light over there? Yep. That's all part of the ship. And then she goes, no, that's a plane. And I said, <laughs> have another look. Have another look. Planes don't look like that. And she looked and she went, what the F is <laughs> And it freaked her out it like her paradigm shifted in that moment it was really strange she kind of became a bit um crazy in that moment I don't know what happened but you're right paradigm shift it <laughs> it makes your brain go hmm, now I have to rethink this unglued. <laughs> yeah. it's like having a glitch in your computer you know it's like, yeah. yeah she ended up abusing some guy because she saw this dog running around and she was trying to catch the dog and this guy said leave my dog alone. And uh, he was rude to her, fair enough. But she started abusing him. And I'm like, oh, something's happened to her, like having this sighting. But mm-hmm. most of the time I can go up and call them in and just, you know, see lights in the sky and stuff like that. But I went out to Uluru year before last, I think it was, thinking out there in the desert, like Uluru is in the centre of Australia. Uluru is the big rock they call it, Ayers Rock. You know? Right, the red rock. I would be able to see lots of them out there in this beautiful, because I'm in the city here, and, you know, I could, didn't see anything. I was so disappointed. But there's so many stars out there when you're in the desert. I don't know if it's because there was just so much noise when you look up, so much light, so much light from the cosmos. There was a big Milky Way above us. It was absolutely stunning. But I was wanting to see something there. But anyway, I didn't. But oh. um, when did all this start? Look, I was delving into spirituality and I was always hanging out with um like up in the Byron Bay area, it's like the Shasta area or the Sedona area. There's like lots of star seeds all talking about aliens and talking to aliens. And I, I was Sedona. always hanging out. Yeah, I was always hanging out with those sort of people. And we had balls called the higher self ball and talking to aliens. But I was really focused in another way on spirituality. And people were talking about creating grids and anchoring this and anchoring that. And, and that was not my work. My work was to focus more on um, how we are the creators of our reality because that's what I would go on to teach even though I was exploring everything but I don't know when it was I think it was probably seven eight years ago now I don't know time I kind of woke up and was obsessed with the ET phenomena like I just wanted to talk with everybody that had an experience put someone on my show and so a lot of the people that had been on the show when I started in radio it, I'd sort of dumbed it down for a mainstream audience and talked about accentuating the positive which is why I called it the show accentuate the positive 
you know, because you want you want what you want because you think in the having of it you'll feel good. So if you accentuate the positive, you'll get what you want in that you'll get the feeling that you're looking for and then you'll be a vibrational match and you can attract to you, you know, what it is that you want to create in life. So that's where the conversation was, uh, is still today. But I started just becoming obsessed with the ET phenomena and then realised that these spiritual teachers that we call angels and masters are really these higher conscious beings from other planets that are overseeing this world. And and I was listening to um, uh, Paul Wallace, Paul Anthony Wallace. Have you heard about Paul? He is an Australian guy that um, he has his own channel that talks about he was a minister and he talks about the Bible. He sort of woke up to where the Bible came and he talks about the ETs being, what did he say? I was listening to him. On Kathy Mason's show this morning, Kathy Mason have a, has a show, and he said he, he um, he's he's an amazing researcher. Anyway, a non-human layer of the governance of Project Earth is the ET phenomena. You know, realities of geopolitics, like we're governed, like a lot of the things that we read in the Bible, Yahweh, and all this sort of stuff. They're ETs. You know, like they're ETs. Like they, I was date. I married a a guy who was a Hare Krishna years ago and he was very into the Hare Krishna stuff and and we were both into the whole ET thing but not as much as I'm into it now. This is like 20 years ago. But, you know, the Hindus and the Krishnas, they have the deities and the gods and they have elephant head gods and monkey head gods and Krishna was blue. I mean, if it's not obvious, <laughs> their god is blue. He has to be some extraterrestrial from another dimension but they talk about in the Vedas, the planets, the, the, the different planets. In the book uh, Conversational with God, I gave him that book to read. He read that all religion is based in fear. And he thought to himself, yeah, that's true. All religion, but not my religion. Not my religion. My religion, which is there are no religion. <laughs> it's not based in fear. And then one night we were at the Hare Krishna temple and they were kind of doing what we do at Christmas time. You know, they're all dressed up and playing out there plays you know themes and playing the sort of stories out of the books and stuff and he had this epiphany that everything we were doing we we're eating the vegetarian food we we're watching the kids and people he said it was all based in fear he made us leave because he had this epiphany and I went home I said why did you make us leave I was having such fun he said all of it Karen it's all based in fear if you don't eat this if you don't do that if you don't, you're going to go to hell but he said in the in the Krishna religion there's not one place called hell. There are different planets of hell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> know. Depending on your crime is where you go, which planet you go to. So they clearly talk about planets. And I said, exactly. and you didn't think your religion was based in fear? And he said, I didn't get it until tonight. I didn't get it. Wow. Yeah, so he had that epiphany. But, um, yeah, so there it is, you know, right there in the Bible I about. I, I, grew up in, I grew up in the Everglades and uh, – there was a Krishna colony out there. Okay. Mm -hmm. They had high walls and um, I was a little monkey at a little girl, six years old. And I used to chop, jump up to the top of the walls and sit there where the trees were around me the most. So I thought I was camouflaged and uh, listen to them mm -hmm. chanting and stuff. And yeah, yeah. one happened to look at me and he pointed at me to somebody and I fell backwards. And when I landed, I landed on my back and they heard me hit and they went running out there and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they sort of adopted me. Every time I showed up there, they let me in the door and they started teaching me. Okay. And yeah. uh, it freaked me out when they started talking about, uh, you know, what you're saying, the different gods. Some of them are quite frightening to be honest. 
Okay. And, uh, and I thought, wait a minute. I thought there was only one hell and now there are 10. Okay. (laughs) 10, 10 hells. And I'm thinking I can't handle this. And I sort of walked away from them after that. But my dad knew I was doing it. And I said, why did you let me go over there? He says, you have to learn about what's true and what's not. And the only way you're going to do that is if you see. So you're doing good. Keep going. I said, does that mean I can keep going over there? And he went, no, 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 no. You got, you got the message. Leave it alone now. And I'm like, okay. And I just went on to the next thing. That's crazy. I'm going to be right back. I have been uh, mucking out chickens all day and my back's killing me and I need a pillow. I'll be right back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know. It's it's super interesting because, uh, you know, I've read this book, Butler's Lives of the Saints, mm-hmm. which was all about people who were very religious, but they were able to use that path to reach enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And I think it works for some people, but I, I've interviewed so many people who've had contact experiences and almost always <laughs> they leave organized religion because right. it just doesn't work anymore. It doesn't fit their worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I've met people who are just wonderfully beautiful people who are very deeply religious and super kind and generous and are getting the good stuff out of it. Yeah, but exactly. I agree. It's, I, I'm just not a huge fan of it uh, because I think it restricts your thinking. Uh, so, Well, it does to you know, a certain point. There absolutely. Was a guy we had on the show previously who asked the ETs flat out, what's the one true religion? And they gave him this look like none of them. Yeah, And I, I was reviewing another case and the guy asked him, what is God? And they said, everything, everything is God. You, me, what isn't God. All of mm-hmm. it. Right, exactly. That was such a beautiful, simple, easy and true answer. Because <laughs> that's kind of right. the way I've always looked at it. Yeah. We yeah. are God. Exactly. You are God. All of us, the world around us, the universe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the grace, the tall grace referred to uh, the concept as the own mind. Okay, they don't use the, the old mind. mind. The old mind. Yeah, the old mind. And uh, they say it's chatty, and it will talk to you anytime you want to hear it, what it wants to say to you, or ask yeah. it a question. And it took me a while to latch on to that idea, and I started trying as a teenager, and it started to work, and I was like, wow, you know. And it's it 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 uh, it's all love. Okay, we've been taught that that runs everything, and I learned that, and then I learned that. Um, When it comes to creating your reality and stuff like that, it'll give you whatever the heck you ask for if your intention is seriously solid. And it's whether it's good for you or not, you're going to get it. And it's because we're here to experience this. We're here to learn it and learn from either making the right choices or making the wrong choices. No, No such thing as mistakes. It's choice, all choice. Okay. And I learned that. It it was like an epiphany one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Mm This is serious stuff, you know, and somebody, I think it was my dad. He said, yeah, the rule is be careful what you ask for because you're going to get it. And yeah. I was like, wow. So then I had to learn to guard my thinking after that, you know, right. and uh, right. it, it became a challenge to me, you know, throughout my life. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we have to take a quick break. So just mm-hmm. hold, hold on for a second. Not a break so much as just a yeah. station ID. I want to let you all know. That you are watching The Light Gate. I am your host, Preston Dennett. My lovely co-host is Dolly Saffron. 
Our guest tonight is Karen Swain, and we've been having this wonderful conversation that's really bouncing all over the place, honestly, about UFOs and spirituality and manifesting your desires and healing and psychic stuff and all kinds of really interesting stuff, some very interesting encounters Karen has had. If you guys have questions, remember, get them in because we will be answering any questions. I've got a few starred already, ready and queued up. But let me read our call signs because we are totally indebted to the people who allow us to air this show each week. I want to thank the United Public Radio Network where we are airing live from 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans in Louisiana and also the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM, of course, on YouTube, Facebook, and Roku as well. And yeah, I'm so excited to enjoy this second hour with our amazing guests. Sorry, Karen, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we do need to let our, uh, you know, get, read out the call signs. Wow. I can't believe an hour has gone past. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> just so quickly. I feel like we just started. An hour has gone past. Yeah, shout out to this station for getting this out to so many people. That is just so cool. Yeah, and chat is really lighting up. They seem to be, really be liking the things that we're talking about. I hope so. I hate to put these comments block your face. This is ridiculous. I will fix it. No, it's on, it's on minimal. I don't oh, know. I know. That's such a, Cheryl, that's such a great song. M MC Yogi, he is such an awe. He's a rapper. Because I used to run that conscious radio station. Because uh, I, you know, I started this on on Sydney radio, and we used to play music, and and then when I was podcasting, I was doing my show on a conscious radio station where we played all conscious music, all uplifting conscious sort of music, a bit like um, you know the Christians have their Christian music. Well, yeah. we had our we had our conscious music, and MC Yogi is one of my favorites. Yeah, only love is real. Only love is real. <laughs> yeah, there's so many amazing people out there, musicians, you know, spreading the message. Uh, of of who we are and our connection to our galactic family through music. I had Cameron, Cameron, what's his last name? Come on, Preston, help me out. Um, Canadian UFO researcher. Who's oh, Cameron. Oh, Grant Cameron. Um, Grant yeah. Cameron on the show and he put out that um, the message in the music. He put out that book about how all the musicians were contacted by ETs and inspired to write about a and, lot of and them. So, well, <laughs> lots of them, like all the big ones, the Doobie Brothers and John, what's his name? Lennon, um, John yeah. Lennon, but John, the other country music. Anyway, the big ones, the big John ones. Denver? Denver, like oh. so many, Led Zeppelin, just, it was just. Moody Blues, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato. Yeah. Sting. And um, the ships, a girlfriend of mine was singing at a, a women's pool. There's a pool here that's been going for 100 years, and she was singing that song. Um, after the gold rush. And I said, you know, that's about ETs. She'd been singing the song. She goes, it is not. I said, read the words. It's funny how you can sing about it and still not be conscious to it. Um, you know, like the silver ships are coming in the sky to pick up humanity. Mother Nature's got humanity on the run and talks about, I think, <laughs> Dolly, this is, you, this is your story is in that song about the ETs coming to pick up humanity and, Kesha yeah. has a song like that, which is yeah. so good. 
My daughter and I love this song. My daughter loves Kesha. And whenever we're together and we're going places, we sing in the car with each other. And uh, Kesha is like one of them. And that song, you know, is I so. Cool. I don't care what people believe. I know they're coming for me. Yeah. <laughs> such yeah. a good song. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it's been, they've been pumping the message out there. And um, I don't know, humanity's starting to wake up now. Like we're starting to get the picture. Yeah, we're starting to get the picture. But to go back to your question, Preston, you said when did it, you know, when did it all start for you? Um, I realized that what I have called the mob, which are my guides, my spiritual. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that's an interesting name to call them, Karen. <laughs> well, when I was young, as I said, I called my guidance my common sense. And then I realized I'm talking to a consciousness which is outside of me, my common sense. And so I'm asking, like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I'm asking for identity and I'm not getting identity. But they show me this sort of like many, like many. And I'm like mob. It's a very Australian thing to say. The, um, the Aboriginals called uh, the First Nation people of Australia called their family the mob. They use that word, the mob. They call their groups of them the mob. So it's like this big mob. So irreverently I called my spirit guides my mob. And then I thought, oh, that's a bit of a silly name. I'll have to come up with a better name. And I'd opened and closed a furniture and homeware shop, as I said, and I'd called it Bliss. And so I called my massage business Blissful Beings when I was massage massaging people, cool. meaning that you're having a blissful experience, but also there's um, beings of bliss helping you. And then one day when I'm crying out, who are you? Who are you? They said to me, oh, Karen, stop asking. Who do you think the blissful beings are that you talk about? And I'm like, oh, that's you guys. But I'm thinking it's like a combination of the Jesuses and the, the kind of the Samakmaras and the St. Germains. It's like the ascended masters, right, that we, yes. we They're all available very, to all of us. You just right. Of course, of <laughs> course. But, masters, but, yeah. And then they, I realized that these ascended masters are masters because they've mastered the earth plane, but they hang out on different planets, you know, like they're hanging out on, in different dimensions and in different planets and, and what we have called alien or ET are all these guides talking to us. And so then I started asking different questions. Who are you? What do you teach? What are you talking about? And I remember on one of your shows, you mentioned an experience that I had had when we had the Australian fires back in the beginning mm. of 2020. And we were watching images of the um, animals being burnt. And I was in the shower one day really upset about that. And uh, I was given this experience of leaving my body, but I'm still in my body because I've still got the water running and I can feel the water running on my body. But I'm now out in space and I'm looking at a ship and I'm just going, I'm, oh, oh, my God, it's so beautiful. And the way I'm looking at it, it's sort of, it's slanted but I'm looking underneath the ship and I'm seeing the intricacy of the ship I'd never seen anything like it in my life and I'm going oh my god that is the most beautiful thing the next thing I'm in the ship right I'm still in the shower I still feel the water running on my body but I'm now in the ship and I'm seeing greys and all these animals and they said don't worry about the extinction of your animals we've got you know we've got copies of them all here we've picked up some we're looking after them and they just gave me this reassurance that although many would die, they, they wouldn't be extinct because we're all worried about the extinction of like our marsupials because they're the, uh, you know, Australia is the only place on earth where these animals live. And that's another story. I can tell you why. But um, 
yeah, and and so I had relayed that. Then I heard you on your show relaying my story. I'm like, he's talking about my story. <laughs> <laughs> it impressed me. It really did because I've heard this from other people, and there are many accounts of well, people have actually seen this happening physically. Yeah. Of all kinds. Dolly talks about it in the book Symmetry about seeing right. them. Animal husbandry centers. Artie Sixkiller Clark, a researcher who I respect because she just tells it like it is. There's so many yeah. researchers out there. Are shoe fitting and cherry picking i call it pushing their own theory uh, yeah when you know she just tells it like it is and she has a bunch of accounts of that yeah i'm telling you yeah. we don't have to worry about humans going extinct or any animal on this right. planet mm -hmm. because well that's why some people call them the gardeners or the watchers mm -hmm. or all different names yeah uh, i'm so glad people are waking up to the fact that et contact shouldn't be a scary thing no, nah, in the shower, washing the dishes. But, you know, the experience I had that day, morning, wherever it was when I was in the shower, um, was it was not like I was having an out-of-body experience because at no time did I feel out of my body, but yet I was out of my body. So it was really confusing to me. Like, what the hell happened to me just That then? is still astral projection, Karen. It is. But yeah. what they it's said to me is how, in the extreme. You connected to an aspect of you that is viewing it that's already out of your body. Do you oh, know wow. what I mean? Like right. rather than projecting my consciousness to remote view, you projected to an aspect of you that's already out of your body. So um, the spirit aspect of me, because I didn't have a form, I didn't see a body, I didn't see a form, but I was yeah. witnessing. Well, you know you're living in source right now, right? You know that yeah, yeah. you are is in source and yeah. you're projecting out into this body to be here. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that you're not aware in source as well. Your consciousness right. is absolutely aware in two places yeah. at once. It can go anywhere yeah. at once. So yeah. you're probably projecting out from source to look at it that way. So Exactly. So I was witnessing, you know, what was going like. I was just as curious out of my body as I am in my body about, you know, why are the animals okay? And so when I asked the mob, my guides, you know, have I been on other planets? I had lives on other planets. They kind of laugh at me when I ask questions like this, or they laugh at us as the human race when we have questions <laughs> like this. And they said they laughed and they said, oh, my God, Karen, do you think you're any less curious as a soul than you are as a human? They said, you've been everywhere, man. And I'm like, yeah, I can imagine I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah, well, we but, are all immortal beings, eternal. How uh -huh. People sometimes ask me, well, how old are you? I'm like, well, you know what? I'm infinite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so are you. We are all infinite Absolutely. beings. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I really believe that everyone that's here on this planet has first had experience in what we call extraterrestrial realms or planets or lives because this, you know, coming down into this level of density and losing having the illusion of the disconnection to your source or, or your soul or your higher self or your guidance, it takes some skill. And so you have to, you have to sort of practice in other physical realms that are easier than this one before you come here. So in saying that, um, it's not like if there was a new soul, it's not like a new soul comes here because it's such a difficult place to navigate. Yeah. So we're, we've all got ET life. We're all having ET lives. We're all having spirit. We're all spirit and physical simultaneously. We're human and non-human um, simultaneously. It's all going on. It's so, 
And so it's so great. What does that say? In that case, I'm 25 again. <laughs> yeah, me too. Hello. <laughs> yeah, just looking at the comments. Yeah, me too. And age is something because I'm aging. Age is something I've been talking to the guides a lot about. And uh, I've been talking to them about it for years, actually, because I've been aging for years. But um, they said to me, you know, age is more about your collective understanding than anything else. And I was saying this to a girlfriend the other day at lunch. It's so funny. And then we were talking about her father. And I said, how old is your father? And he, she said, 87. And I went straight back into my collective conditioning and went, wow, that's so old. Like, that's such a great age. I know. And I'm just, I just noticed the trap of the collective conditioning of age grip me, you know, and people say, oh, they're in their 90s. And we go straight into, oh, that's so old. And I often think about the Star Nation people who live for hundreds, sometimes thousands of years. I mean, imagine if you lived for 500 years. How old would 80 be? It'd be like a teenager. You don't even think about it. You know how they determine, you know how they, they mark that? It's wisdom. And uh, wisdom is attainable. And that's the goal, okay, for them, always the goal. The reason that we're here is that this is the hardest place to learn wisdom because you're being bombarded constantly away from it instead of right. tiny and right. uh, they um they're like they don't have a uh, government like we have they have mm -hmm. consensus uh mm -hmm. Whitley Schreiber I love what he said he called it communion it's exactly what it is it's consensus and communion and it's they go to the wisest of them who don't tell anybody what to do but they say you know this is what this situation is this is how we understand it and their wisdom is automatically uh, believe because they know they have it there's no you know you can't hear a lie you know because they don't speak lies it's all the truth and here we we sometimes entertain fools when we're not entertaining the wise and right where we should learn to point ourselves and go it's not your age it's your wisdom factor and you could be 50 years old and be one of the wisest of the wise you could be 150 and going eh, i'm just here because i'm having fun that's it you know mm -hmm. And you have to learn to hear or see that demarcation of of what's going on with your soul, you know, your consciousness. Sometimes little kids say incredibly wise things. And we're tiny. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's the funniest thing to hear it. Yeah, wow, you just hear that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, you could be 20 years old and be one of the wise of the wise. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, can, I, can I pop up a couple of questions just for fun? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's, go, let's do it. All right, let's see what do we got here. Okay, we'll just—I guess—may as well just start at the beginning. Um, this one: Why do you need a spaceship if you can OBE? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> you want to answer that because you—you—you you know how to get it. No, um, there are okay. The way that it's going on in our dimension. There are 12 dimensions, okay? And there are other beings in other dimensions above us. And they're very old, very wise, and they've lost their corporeal bodies. They no longer have them. Um, we're in the third dimension, which is very, as you would call, dense. We're gravity heavy here, and we can't see that we're pure light because our protons are so close together, you can't see through them, and we appear solid, okay? Um, when I go and dimensionally travel, uh, I have to jump through very fast because to spend any time in a dimension outside this one, my molecules I want to start to loosen up 
and I lose cohesiveness to myself, my physical self. And that's a little worrisome when it happens to me. And all humans are like this in this dimension. We have to go through very fast. We're transported quickly. But the ones in the fifth dimension cannot come here without some sort of a body to hold them in. Mm-hmm. So fifth dimension, all ETs use craft that come from the fifth dimension. They're biological and they're indwelled by these beings so that they can come in with us here and work with us. Yeah, it's a way to physically interact with people. Right. Now, the, right. Those, those ETs that have been in this dimension with us attained enough knowledge and wisdom that they noticed them and they started contacting with them and they brought them into their groups and decided to teach them more and give them an opportunity to travel clean across the universe at will. And that's how that all got started. This happened billions of years ago, just so you know. And they've been working with us constantly on this planet or their children, actually. You know, we're all part of them. We're all part of each other. If you have mm-hmm. DNA, you're related to them. All DNA, mm-hmm. the entire universe is relatable. I mean, even bananas, you're more of a banana than you are a monkey. No kidding. And yeah, yeah. you look, okay what you choose to be. And that's how they get here. They come in through an yeah. assisted. But they can also come astrally as we yeah. all can. That's and the point. Yeah. They can visit yeah. with us. They can talk to you. They can right. commune with you. They can have a relationship with you. Most human beings don't realize that, that they're being visited astrally as well. Because like, you know, Khan, we astral project every single day of our lives. Mm-hmm. We physically might be conscious of it, but Oh yes, we're doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. what do we expect ourselves to do in dwelling this body while the while the mind is asleep? What are we going to do? Nothing. And when you're astral projecting, sometimes you do actually create a vehicle. This is how I started to notice I was astral projecting because I was in a car or yeah. a plane or a vehicle yeah. to just sort of explain why I'm moving <laughs> around through space. Your yeah. your brain kind of builds that, and I think sometimes people might be experiencing that and thinking they're in a spaceship and maybe not or vice versa because mm-hmm. these ships yeah. are piloted psychically and mm-hmm. you can be in a ship and you're flying it around and you're thinking it's an OBE. Mm, it's not necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. There's a bleed through there. That's really interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go to the next. Some of these are comments. Rather than can I, I want to share oh, yeah. a story with something that, um, sure. that, uh, that you said about the matrix of this world. I had an experience. I read a book years ago by, I think it was his pen name, Peter Richelieu, about, um, about a man that was contacted. His brother had died in the war. He was living in India. And um, a sort of an Indian man with a turban came to his house and said I want to take you to see your brother and he said I'm holding the telegram of my brother that's just died he said I'll come back tonight and I'll show you so he came back tonight took him with his astral form to all these different levels of existence and he met his brother who had been killed and said how are you and tell me how you died and he went to like the Davic realms and saw the nature realms and anyway long story short I so wanted to do that I want to do this I want to do this and for the longest time because I wanted it too much. It was not happening. I couldn't have any memory of my astral projections at night. And then I did. And I ended up hanging out with Shirley MacLaine, who said to me, I'm one of your teachers. And I said, are you? And she said, oh, God, Karen, was it any coincidence? Your mine were the first books you ever picked up. And I went, oh. So I'm hanging out with her and we're chatting. And then there was a whole lot of people were sitting at a table. And there's seems like there's an earthquake and I remember grabbing the table and looking up and saying what's happening I found myself back in my bedroom 
not inside my body, not outside my body, but simultaneously both. <laughs> and I could see the matrix of this world. Everything was translucent and transparent. So right. I saw my daughter waking up in the room, you know, next to me and coming to wake up my physical body, realising that my the consciousness of my physical body had called me back because my daughter was about to wake me up. But I sort of looked up and out through the walls. I could see everything like... So cool. It was such a cool experience. Awakening. That's total conscious awakening. You're yeah. now, yeah, yeah. yeah because and everything, I don't see what you see. I see beyond it, and uh, it gets confusing for me sometimes. I've been known to walk into things because I don't perceive them being solid, and then I do. I hit it, and I'm like, Ugh. right, uh, right, wow, yeah. Uh, yeah, but nothing was solid from that perspective. No, no not and then at all. my daughter comes into the room, Mom, get up, get up. But it's so funny. I can't explain what was happening. I did not look down on my body. Like I've never hovered above my body like you, Preston, and looked down and seen my body asleep in the bed. Uh, I haven't had that experience yet. But I knew I was in and out of my body simultaneously. And then I made a decision that I needed to get up. And then I felt myself behind my eyes. Like I'm still having this experience, but I now feel myself behind my eyes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then my yeah. daughter gives up. My oh, mom's not going to wake up and she <laughs> walks down the hallway. And I think to myself, oh, I better get up and make a breakfast. And at that point, I'm now awake. But that I only had that experience once. Like they gave me that, but they gave it to me once. Like why not more? But no, they just gave it to me <laughs> Sometimes all you need is just to know because we all have a mission, you know, and right. we don't yeah. want to get distracted too much by things. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. But anyway, questions. All right. Well, some are just comments. Um, and Mortal Clown is saying, going to book with Karen. Yeah, for those who don't know, check out her website. You can book a session with Karen. She's got all kinds of interesting stuff yes. that you can participate in. Yeah. And so let's get rid of that oh, one. Oh, I'm going to tell you something. Guess who's in my friends list? Shirley McLean. Oh, Shirley yeah. She's a friend of mine on one of my Facebook pages. Yeah. Well, she's I sent her our right. show. Uh, 15 minutes before the show, I send her the link. So oh, she very nice. well may be watching you tonight. Hey, Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shirley. <laughs> well, I've met her in spirit. I've never met her physically. And well, see, now you might, you might just. You never know. Probably part of the unlikely. same soul group. <laughs> Unlike, part of the same soul group. Yeah, unlikely her being, in, in the, you know, a bit older in, in the States than me being in Australia. But nice to see a fellow Aussie on the show. Hey, Angie. <laughs> you saw that. <laughs> All right. Well, here is another. I'm just going to pop this comment up because someone guessed. The lady in Australia, yeah, is the pseudonym Wendy. She's a major contactee. All right. So I'm just going to put that one yes. out. And, and, okay, Dolly, don't freak out on this question because I know how you feel about portals. Yeah. But Jumpy Adventures is asking, Dolly, is it true there's a portal behind the sun? No. <laughs> No, portals uh, okay. are misused. Um, yeah, it's it's um the the there are misinformation people out there who are working daily for fifty years now to make you think of things one way to keep you in control, okay, and uh -huh. stop you from going toward your natural talents and understanding. And portals is one of them. Our planet is a is a magnetic ball of fire. There's fire stoking in the middle. It's mostly iron. There's nickel and all kinds of other things, but it's mostly iron. And it creates a magnetic field that emanates out of our planet in a war in what you could saw, you know, like a you see a vortex in the water, like it spirals. Well, these are vortexes that go like this 
and like this, and it, one one uh, polar, the positive polar side goes up and the negative polars go down from north to south poles on our planet. Um, there are anomalies associated with that kind of electromagnetic energy revolving around us. You have to understand that our sun is way bigger than us, has even a bigger corona of electromagnetic energy and poles, north, south, same as us, and it, it is in uh, union with us. It sends charges to us, they, we absorb them, and they go back to the sun. And what people are witnessing, literally, is that people have disappeared in a discharge where they just go in broad daylight, they're just gone, or they'll catch fire in their sleep or whatever, and they don't know what's happening. It is a discharge from our planet reacting to what hit the earth earlier that day or the day before. And people say, oh, it's a portal, it's a portal. Mm, no, it's an energy um, emission. And we live in the middle of that. You're an electric being also. We have our own magnetic fields as well. Because you have a beating heart, you're generating electricity throughout your body. You have a North Pole and a South Pole, and you're doing the same thing. And you're feeling it. Okay. And people don't know how to tell the difference because they're being denied their psychic ability and what that is. Now, there's another thing going on at the same time. Ascended masters. These are people who have mastered the ability to use their psychic abilities to the nth degree. In other words, they know all of it and they can use it at any time. And you're witnessing them do it. And there are lots of people on this planet, whether you realize it or not, who are, who are in the process of becoming ascended masters. Yeah, and absolutely. And all of us, I think. These abilities, they can disappear or they can change the light that they are. They can walk into the light a certain way. They change the energy in their body and they literally look like they're disappearing. We also have nodes on our planet, and this is what we call electromagnetic nodes all over the planet. And they're in a geometric pattern, these nodes. ET uses these nodes to fly here. The energy mm -hmm. is so sufficiently intense, streaking for them, that they come down. Their craft uses electromagnetic repulse and uh, magneton yeah. gravity. Well, they're not flying they through portals. They surf them. So there's no portal. They're not coming in. How ET travels throughout the universe is another story. They use light gates. That's why I wanted to call this show the light gate. I'm trying to make points to people. Mm. They know how to psychically open a dimensional door. And when they do it, you see when you're awake and looking up at one, you see nothing but pure light coming in. It's like an opening and then you see light spilling out of it. Downward. I've seen that once. I had one experience okay. of that. Yeah. That is a light gate. And they can only open it for a certain amount of time because they've got to get through really fast. If there's a bunch of them going through, they might create one really big light gate and the last one through shuts it down. And they, they, it's like Einstein saying we're folding space. When you mm -hmm. leave this dimension, you're folding because there's no space time anymore. There's no mm -hmm. conventional nothing. You can mm -hmm. coordinate, psychically coordinate to another part of the universe in less than two seconds. Boom. And that's how they travel. They're not going through a portal. They're light gating. Well, we could do a whole show on this. But so I'm so yeah. that's what that is. Okay. This, this is fascinating. I mean, to me, a light gate sounds like a portal, but then I'm not very versed in what a portal is. It's just is. the terminology, I think. that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what the governments are doing. They get you to use this terminology and you don't know what you're talking. In other words, one of the things that's hard for us to learn is how to use our psychic ability. And that's because we're 
were polluted with the wrong ideas. Okay. And exactly. It's the Social conditioning, about. I call it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that conditioning is hindering you from making contact with your consciousness. That's the first part right. of being psychic. Yeah. Maintaining that connection between your consciousness and your physical mind. You have pineal gland, and that's where the connection is. And it's like your telephone call to yourself from your physical yeah, mind. There are things you can do, which brings us to the next comment. Okay. I want to pop up. <laughs> From Robo1776, who says, I, I've OBE'd, but I see it more than flying around. Face your fears and move out of body. Staying stuck, going through the walls is kids' stuff. And <laughs> I, I totally agree because, you know, exploring the world is fun, but the real fun is on the higher planes. And to me, Karen, this brings up the question, you know, how important is moving past fear to manifest your reality and move towards your life path? Well, it's everything. It's it's everything important. I mean, the thing is that uh, I, I once heard a spiritual teacher say, look, I tried the law of attraction and it didn't work for me, so I figured it didn't work. And I laughed at that because I thought to myself, that's like saying, well, I tried gravity and it didn't work for me, so I don't think, think about it. Like law of attraction is happening all the time. It's like we are we are acclimating to frequency all the time with everything we're thinking so when we're in a fear a vibrational stance then we're acclimating to that sort of frequency and and we're attracting to us timelines and experiences that are a vibrational match to that so the thing about planet earth is that it affords us this experience of fear and when you understand that fear is an experience you can't have with your dead and how eager you are to come into this realm. It's like going to the fun park and wanting to go on the Big Dipper to be terrified out of your mind because that's an experience you want to have. You know, you want your stomach up in your mouth and vomit everywhere and <laughs> or into the house of horrors. Like it, 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 I see this world as this big fun part that affords us this, this experience of having this, this huge variety of frequency that we can play with. And But if you're asking for a better life or for health, or for to stay younger or to manifest like your spiritual or psychic abilities, then fear is a frequency that is too dense or it just gets in the way from that happening. So then we have to look at why we're afraid and what we're afraid of and then look deep within our subconscious and see the beliefs that we're holding in our subconscious programming that's keeping us looping, like one of my guests called it, emotionally looping in these fear-based paradigms or these fear-based realities or ideas and um, and then get out of them, change, change your mind, change your mind, change your life, change your beliefs, change your life. And so when you... When you change your paradigm, like your life changes because everything is you're experiencing based on what you believe. You're experiencing based on what you believe. Yeah. And fear is it's like we marinate in fear in this third dimension. <laughs> it's one of the worst habits we have. It's the most destructive habit we own. I lived in fear for a while after my mom passed away and I just got tired uh-huh. of it. And I was able yeah. to release it. And it's it's a paralyzing force. Fear yeah, is absolutely. you must face your fears if you want to evolve. <laughs> You absolutely yeah. just need to move beyond them. It's a, I like what someone said in there. Fear is an illusion. I totally agree. It's all in your mind. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. I was listening to someone talk the other day uh, who had a near-death experience, and he was asking all these questions like, why does this happen? Why does fear happen? Why does that happen? Why did this happen? And every answer was 
a distortion in your thinking, a distortion in your thinking, a distortion in your thinking. Like that was the answer to every question he had because, yeah, our thinking creates our reality. And so the distortion is the distortion away from the pure positive energy of who you are. It's like you can call God or source pure positive energy. And so any energy vibration that acclimates with positive energy as we've understand positivity, happiness, yeah, you know, uh, uh, whatever you feel is positive, bliss, excitement, then you're more connected or you're acclimating with your source and then that's giving you the powers that you, like you're taking back your power to be anything you want to be, really, anything yeah. you want to be. I like, I like to tell people who are very, very um, in, uh, swamped by it, I say, look, okay, you can look at this very simply. You have a habit and you need to break this habit. How do you do that? By... Mm-hmm going cold turkey. How do I do that? Because this is the most important part of the whole equation. How you stop watching negative stuff, stop listening to negative things. You stop speaking negative things. You seek positive things. You choose love. You choose to be uh, empowered yourself over it. You're not helpless against this. You are powerful against it. And once you start to habitually do this every day, and your thinking will eventually fall in line with that. You're rewriting the programming of your physical mind. You will get there. And it's one day at a time, like it, like a real, you know, person who's addicted to anything. And you just keep going until you wake up one day and you go, Ooh, I'm in control of this, you know, yeah. you know, Absolutely. and then you see that. And the, the, the cool thing about this is once you do that, your psychic ability starts to get a chance to get at you. It, it's knocking on the door. Hey, listen, you know, you start to hear things, you start to see things, things come to you that never did before in your life. And you start yeah. to find gratitude and attitude and, and love and all kinds of things. But it's work. We have to work at this. And a lot of yeah. people have been taught to be lazy minded and they don't accept the fact they just want to be given the ability and you cannot. You have to work for it. That's the yeah. meditation. Meditation is key. You know, you know that story I told you about massaging the Hollywood movie star and, just, and having the channeling experience. Well, yeah. after that experience, I had a headache for three days. And <laughs> I, was asking, I was asking, you know, I was asking, I remember we're going off to my acupuncturist and telling him what had happened and having acupuncture to try and help. But I, I spoke to my mom about it. It's like, what's going on? And they said, well, you're not a vibrational match to the energy that you summoned that day. And um, that was because I was holding all these beliefs that I'm not good enough, you know, all these conditioned beliefs of failure, you know, nobody loves me, poor me, you know, all that sort of stuff. That you, and Because I came from a very dysfunctional family. So I took on all the beliefs that, um, you know, my parents had and their generation. And, and then so I started doing personal growth workshops to clean up my negative thinking. And that involves, I saw one of the comments, a lot of forgiveness, like a lot of forgiveness. I remember I was in my 30s. I was divorced. I was thinking I'm going to attract the man of my dreams. And I did this personal growth workshop and I realized all the men, all the people I'm not talking to or I'm pissed off with in my life are all men, like my brother, my ex-husband, and who was the other person, my father, right? They're all men. And I'm like thinking I'm going to attract this man that's going to love me, but the men that are in my life I hate. And so I (laughs) realized that I had to like just let all that go. It doesn't matter what they did to you. It just doesn't matter. Like you designed it, you designed your life. And and the contrast that you experienced, like the beatings from my father and the yelling and the fighting and the stuff, 
So I rang these, you know, on the spot, I, I rang these three men and, and I asked for their forgiveness. It doesn't matter if I feel like they did me wrong. I asked for their forgiveness because I just let all that stuff go. And I had three totally different responses. My little brother, who's not really little, but, you know, a couple of months younger than me, 20 months younger, he's just like, oh, poor breaks. Oh, I love you so much. I've missed you so much. Aww. My ex-husband's like, Okay, right, yep, good, 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 yep, okay, okay, didn't know how to handle it. And then my father didn't take any responsibility. It's like, yep, 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 yep. He was the one that had beaten me up and put me in hospital as a kid and all this sort of stuff, and he was the one that took no responsibility. But you don't do this for the other person. You do it to let go of the fears that you're holding in yourself and the, and the, and the programming and stuff. And, and that was so releasing. And, and, you know, I had to forgive my ex-husband so many times because he wasn't paying maintenance and all that sort of story that we can't. And I remember one day reading Abraham Hicks and or listening, and she was talking about abundance. And I was a struggling healer, single mother, trying to carve out a life as a healer and struggling financially. And, and, they, and she was saying, or Abraham was saying through Esther, the vortex of abundance is you. You are your vortex of abundance. It doesn't come from the other. It doesn't come from your boss or life or society. You are the vortex through which abundance flows to you. And with that, I took that on board and I thought, I have to let my ex-husband off the hook. I have to stop demanding that he pays me maintenance and takes responsibility and all that stuff that, you know, it's like that old saying, it's like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? So <laughs> he came over one day and I said, you're off the hook. If you want to contemplate your navel for the rest of your life and, and not take any responsibility for the raising or financial raising of our daughter, that's, you know, that's your choice. You're off the hook. I am the vortex of, through which my abundance flows. He's like, what? You know, just quoting Abraham. <laughs> wow. Okay, good. No, no, I promise I'll get you some money. I promise, I promise, I promise. Like that was his thing. Like he was always making promises he didn't keep at that point. And I remember he walked out of the house and honestly, Dolly and Preston, I felt like I was levitating. Like yeah. I felt so light. Yeah, I felt so exactly. light. It was like I was levitating. It's like I was floating through the house, just <laughs> letting go of that burden <laughs> yeah. and that story. Anyway, I've got lots of stories. And that's how you physically levitate, actually. You start to yeah. let go and yeah. move around yeah. all of that. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Okay. I have more questions, and we only have like hmm, less than twenty minutes. minutes. Yes. Oh, go so. so quickly with you guys. I <laughs> okay. I'm just going like to pop that. this up real oh, quick. David is asking, "Do you guys have buy me a coffee?" No, I'm looking into it. That's a donation thing. We want to get merch too. I've been people have been asking me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> no, we don't have that. Yet. And I want to do all those cartoons on them. That would be so cool, you know. But yeah. All right. Now, yeah, CT, absolutely. Merch. You got to get the merch. Yeah. CT Guitar Guy has asked this question If the All Mind is everything, what created the All Mind? Does each universe <laughs> have an All Mind, or is there simply one for all universes? Well, There's one you know universe. what? I'm going to be honest with you. I have no clue. I have asked that question a million times. I have, to be, I have to be at a certain level of wisdom, and I can't be here when I ask the question to get the answer. It is locked off from us here, and uh, I can only imagine. So you're in the same boat with the rest of us. Okay. All right. Here's a question for you, Karen, from Lunar Dove. She's asking, Karen, can you explain the difference between accessing the soul and the higher self? Is there a difference between the, these? Do you have any clarity to that? Yeah, there kind of is. Like somebody, of the higher self is often called, um, like there are different higher selves too. There's different, oh God, this is a long question. 
But, you know, I, I sort of correct everybody. It says my name wrong. And one of the reasons is the Egyptians called the soul the car body. And they said that it is the part of us that incarnates into different physical worlds. And um, I, I guess, it, yeah, it's not really your astral body because each, and Dolly, you might be able to explain this better, each vehicle that we drive in these worlds has an astral form right. or has an etheric form, which is a kind right. of a energetic copy of that physical body that you're wearing. But the soul is the part of you that is incarnating into different worlds. So we talk about souls as separate. Like when we talk about walk-ins, we talk about another soul walks in. But it's actually an aspect of your higher self that or your oversoul that's another word that is the oversoul and because in those realms that everything is one and we are in separation consciousness and we see things as separate like we see each other as separate but really we're all one uh yeah we, it's hard to sort of explain that but um but the higher self is like your oversoul so it is the higher self is the combination of all those little soul aspects living out different lives on in different timelines, like you could be in parallel realities, you could be in history, you could be, you know, running from the dinosaurs and in the 1800s, and you <laughs> can be in the in the you know 3000s. It's like you, there's parts of you throughout time and space, and we're living these lives simultaneously outside of time, space, reality, and then there is an oversoul that's overseeing all that. And that's what we've called the higher self. And then those aspects of us we've called our soul. Um, the guides have actually given me this incredible uh, image of how all this works because I've asked yeah. all these questions. One of, and, one of the things that I learned, I want to give you a, a little bit of information. Uh, one of the things that I learned, it's not just from ET teaching me this. This is from higher beings, fifth dimensional beings, one in particular. And what it is is that you, when you come out of source to come here, your consciousness has got to come here. It has to have something to come to. And this is your astral body, okay? It, uh, ka or prana, it's an energy that is attached to you. You command it. You can leave it here to reincarnate or you can take it back and go somewhere else. But it is a part of you. It's an astral body. And it is part of how you are born here. It, it It's the first... Uh, how do I put this? It's the knock on the door to the mother you choose. Okay. And you indwell with her. This part of you indwells with her during conception. And then your soul at the moment of conception comes in, your consciousness comes in to indwell. And you're the spark. Your consciousness is the actual electrical spark that starts the cellular division and the heart to start. Okay. It's the electrical component. Um, in source, we have the ability because we're not here and we're totally conscious there. In other words, there is no division in time for us. So you're consciously aware of every single time and everything you've ever done all at one time. Yeah. Okay? And you Crazy. can experience that once you learn to get into it. Okay. Once you mm -hmm. wake up to it and mm -hmm. people try to give it names and it's, it's you're all yourself at one time experiencing over and over and over because every memory you have has a, an experience attached to it, emotion, a feeling, a smell, mm -hmm. a taste, a touch. And that's all the aspects of your personality, your consciousness, who you are, mm -hmm. that you can experience simultaneously all at the same time in this universe. Okay. We also have an ability to do something. When I talk about the all mind, the all mind does not walk, make us walk alone. We walk with the all mind. We are part of the all mind. We are inseparable from okay. an extension 
Exactly. <laughs> sometimes the all mind will take upon itself to be with you at all times. In other words, you can be on this planet and suddenly something dramatic happens to you and you come away with it spiritually uh, changed because the all mind is with you and it's helping you walk through this. You're not alone ever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you experience that it's pure love is what it is. And you go, whoa, you know, that's totally cool. So we have the aspect of three. We have prana or ka. Okay. That's the astral body. We have our consciousness. This is who we are, spiritual body. And then we're in the body of the all mind. Three mm-hmm. things. Jesus was an ascended master and he was trying to teach this to everybody, but the idiots who are writing him and repeating him didn't put it out right, you know? Right. Yeah. It's the aspect of three. It's the perfect symmetry. Let's go into that word of creation of who we are. We are eternal. We had no beginning and we had no end, just like the all mind. Okay. We're part of the all mind. I don't yeah. know the answer to how that happened, but I know it exists. That's how I was taught. So, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, Dolly. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, There's some great questions. I don't know if we're going to be able to get to all these questions, but. I suppose if we keep our answers short, we can certainly try. Um, I'm like still going to order, even though I see this really lovely question about five questions down. <laughs> I want to skip to it, but that wouldn't be fair. Deleted Truth is asking, what's that white light people go into after death? That's source. That's all of us. Yes, I, actually, yes. Right? I mean, that's Your white light, yep. You're going into source. You're going on. That's right. Okay. That's a short yeah. answer. Um, I, yeah, and you can and you can use white light. I use white light a lot. Like I can, you know, put white light in my body because the white light is like the, you know, the color white contains all the colors. So it's interesting. You know, I see the orbs everywhere. Like as a party in my house, often I see a white one and like a really bright white one, and I'll know that that's like a really higher being. Oh, mostly they're this sort of turquoisey blue, and right. sometimes they kind of hover, and sometimes they spark, and sometimes they're more indigo blue. And sometimes gold, I've seen gold ones. Yeah, but, yeah, the white light contains the all. Yeah, the white, the all. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to pop up some comments from David, um, which are not it really questions, but they're interesting. He says, when I pass into the next realm, I'm going to ask why my guides effed me over. <laughs> my guides are rubbish. Oh. I, I'm oh. just I'm a descending master. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. I can turn it around, I think. Yes, you can. Of course you can. This is what we're talking about. This is why you should book a session with Karen. She can help you. (laughs) We're all descending masters. (laughs) This information that Dolly's sprouting that we're all talking about here, we all have access. We all know this when we're not physically incarnated like we're all masterful at this stuff and we come into earth experience to experience the contrast to to forget that we're master to forget and have that experience to have the experience of fear and and separation and all that stuff like we come here but when you wake up to knowing that you created it like you're creating this because you wanted to experience it then you stop pushing against it and you stop saying no i don't want this and you start saying i i made this I created this. You start enjoying your creation because you you created your ego, you created your personality, you created the illusion of separation, you created the fear that you're holding. Like all of it, that's not happening to you; it's happening for you. And you, the higher aspect of you, the divine aspect of you, the 
the, I don't know, some people call it Holy Spirit, some people call it higher self, whatever you want to call that part was the creator of this experience. Like you designed it to have this experience and you don't need to die to remember that. Like so many end no. years, like people that die, no. they remember, oh, my God. Like as I said, one of our members died recently in, in, in December and from spirit, she's, she had a, a dreadful life. She was sick and she was homeless and she had no money. And she was always in poverty and sickness and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, so from, from spirit, she's like, yeah, that was so much fun. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> she just had yeah. such love and appreciation for all that she went through, like all the drama. She was she was disowned by her family and her daughter and, and you know, oh like gosh. she just, yeah, she went through the gamut of drama that we can experience here. On She was in jail. She was imprisoned and, you know, they threw out a hospital because she's one of these, you know, like, oh, don't give me that bloody stuff. And, you know, she's <laughs> they're like the crazy conspiracy theorist and they threw her out of hospital and threw her on the street. She was thrown out of her trailer park. Uh, she was sick wow. one day saying, I can't get off the floor. And I said, "Is there, she's in America, I'm in Australia. Is there no one that can come? So she's feeling like there's no one on earth that can come and help her. She's oh. exhausted all her resources. And I'm thinking so helpless from Australia. How can I go and help her? She can't get off the floor. She's on a phone. And I said, we can ask the angels to send someone. So we did. And a young girl who lived in the trailer park came and, and rescued her. But where where is it that you're in your life and you can't get up off the floor and you feel like there's no one there for you? I mean, that's that's a pretty sad place to be. So from source, from spirit, she's like, that was so much fun. What a roller coaster ride. Like, what a ride. She's so appreciative of everything. Yeah, well, we learned so much here that you can't mm -hmm. learn elsewhere. Right. That's just the plain exactly. truth of it. Yeah, you have to wear it. It's like armor, you know. We do take everything we learn with us. That's the one thing you can take is whatever wisdom you gain, it goes. Right. Part of it. All right. You, I'm going you know to skip to said? this question because we're almost okay. out of time. Oh, I know. So I really, I really want to ask this question because it's a good one. Question for Karen: How can I connect to the guides to receive guidance for myself? From Fun Talks TV. Well, what I want to say to Fun Talks is you're already connected. And all you have to do is stop saying, how can I connect and know that you are connected? Just keep saying, I'm connected. I receive guidance all the time and look for it, look out for it because everyone is connected. None of us are not connected. That's the that's the conditioning that we're under. You have to be special. You have to be different. You have to do a course. You have to pay someone to do like all this stuff. Like we're all connected. And the first point of guidance is our emotional guidance system. So when we're feeling bad, we're feeling the frequency or the vibration of the thought we're having at the time. So what does it feel like to feel alone and not connected and not guided? It doesn't feel good, right? So your emotions are telling you that you're thinking a thought that's not in alignment with the source of who you are, with, you, with who you are as infinite creative potential. And you're also thinking a thought that's not in alignment with what you say you want. So you say that you want connection. I want connection and I want guidance from my guides. Like what did the other guy said? I'm the descending master. He said, my guides <laughs> let me down, right? If you believe your guides aren't there for you, you're going to experience yeah. that. Yeah. Right? So that you, your thoughts create your reality in that if you have a belief about something, that's all you can experience. So when you say I'm not connected, then you're not you're going to have the experience of not being connected. But everyone is connected that we can't not be. I mean, it right. says in one of the books, I think Conversation with God, one of those books that or maybe Abraham says, you know, you can't say I want something to say I want says that I lack it. So right. when you put this I want yeah. into the universe, you're actually saying I don't have it. 
so rather than saying you get the experience wanting i want to be thinner or fitter or richer or you know happier so you create the experience of wanting instead of the experience of having so when you start to say i have even if that's not what your current reality is but you start moving into that experience of knowing that you have it. Look for experiences where you do have that. Like, I'm happy. Where were you happy? Oh, when I read that meme on Instagram yesterday, I was happy for that minute. You know what I mean? Patch Adams, which is another amazing being on the planet, had this man come to his clinic. He had a free hospital and said, I'm depressed all the time. And so Patch Adams handcuffed him to to himself and he went through his day and every time this man had an experience of not being depressed, Pat Adams pointed out, you're not depressed now. You're not depressed now. <laughs> Like we convince ourselves of our problems. Like I'm depressed yeah. all the time. No, there are parts of your day when you're so what you, you focus can. on. Expand, you don't want to say you can't. You can. You can, right. exactly. And yeah. so as, as far as talking to your guides, start to focus, start to notice. Notice what you notice. Start to notice times where you do feel that guidance. Like, I, I felt guided in that moment. I rang that person. I said that thing. I felt guided in that moment. And, uh, yeah, so as I say, our emotions guide us because when you're feeling bad, that is guidance telling you that you're thinking in a way that's not in alignment with what you say you're asking for, what you want. Mm-hmm. So when you de- deliberately move, I know two minutes, deliberately move into a better, like have a thought that feels better and then have another thought that feels better than that, you, you shift your vibration and you take your power back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are in our last two minutes, so we're going to have to close the show. But do everyone check out the book, yeah, Awakened by Death. You can contact awesome. Karen through the links yes. in the description. And, and she has a wonderful YouTube link, well, a private link, too, where she has uh, workshops and things that you can join into. Yeah. It's, it's all there awesome. in the links. These yeah. are testimonials from some of the people she's worked with. So she's really quite effective in her work. And yeah, if you have, well, we're actually out of time, aren't we? Yes. <laughs> I want to thank you guys. You guys are doing an awesome job. You are amazing. Yes. And thank you to everybody that's been watching and listening and, and writing questions. It's just been the most awesome experience. Honestly, it went so quickly. <laughs> Big love to all of you. Big love. Yes. Namaste. Hey, on with us for a minute. I'm hanging up. This was the light gate. We love you very much. We are 107.7 from New Orleans at the United Public Radio Network. We're at the UFO Paranormal Radio Network at 105.3 FM. We are Roku, YouTube, and Facebook. We love you all. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Monday. Love. (laughs) Bye. Bye.